Today is Thursday, June 22nd, and you're listening to the Morning Announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm your host, Sammy Sage, and the Morning Announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. As of this recording at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday night, the search and rescue mission to find the Ocean Gate submersible has come up empty so far, and the vessel is expected to run out of oxygen supply at some time this morning. The search range is approximately double the size of Connecticut and two and a half miles deep, centered on an area where an acoustic analysis indicated that they may have heard something described as banging noises. However, it's not possible to know if the sounds were even originating from the missing submersible. Unclear if this will be the last morning we can snark on this story guilt-free. The House of Representatives voted yesterday to censure California Representative Adam Schiff for comments he made in 2017 that there was evidence of collusion between then-President Donald Trump's campaign and Russia. The vote was 213 to 209 along party lines, with a few members voting present. An amazing use of time. The sponsor of the censure resolution was Florida Representative Republican Anna Paulina Luna, who has tried three times to make the censure happen and was successful yesterday. She said that Schiff's comments about Trump, quote, ripped apart American families, an ironic choice of words, and blamed him for the $30 million Mueller investigation. Kinda cheap for all the ad impressions it must have generated. For some context on the bigger picture here, censure is pretty rare. Schiff is only the 25th lawmaker in the House to ever be censured. But it's also fairly meaningless, like a very formal slap on the wrist that definitely meant more when everyone could generally agree on what constitutes bad behavior. In this case, Schiff said that he will wear the censure as a, quote, badge of honor, and also requested that you send it to Daryl. The rest of today's stories involve some deep investigative reporting. On land, though. Just in time for summer vacay season, it turns out that Clarence Thomas isn't the only Supreme Court justice to have an ethically questionable trip history. New reporting from ProPublica reveals that Justice Samuel Alito failed to disclose a free private jet flight to a luxury fishing trip in Alaska in 2008, which was paid for by billionaire GOP donor Paul Singer, who had business interests in approximately 10 cases before the Supreme Court in the years that followed, from which Alito did not recuse himself. The trip was not planned by Singer himself, but both men were invited by conservative court activist Leonard Leo and the owner of the Alaska Fishing Lodge, who was also a major conservative donor, and had flown Justice Antonin Scalia privately to the lodge three years earlier. This is actually potentially more concerning than the gifts to Justice Thomas from Harlan Crow, who did not have specific cases before the court, but rather broader interests. In this case, Singer personally had billions of dollars at stake bound up in several cases that went before the court in the years following the trip. The specifics are complicated, but ultimately, the Supreme Court agreed to resolve an issue in a decade-long battle between Singer's hedge fund, which was described in the article as, quote, litigation-driven, and the nation of Argentina. Ultimately, the court ruled 7-1 to in favor of Singer's firm, and the country of Argentina was compelled to pay them $2.4 billion dollars. While justices are essentially able to regulate themselves on ethical issues, Alito's failure to disclose the private jet flight appears to have violated federal law. You're probably wondering what Justice Alito has to say about all of this. He responded to the ProPublica reporting by writing an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, 
which was actually published before the ProPublica reporting as sort of an offensive defense, but that is neither here nor there. In the op-ed, he doesn't dispute that the trip happened or that he didn't need to disclose it, but instead he argued that he had no obligation to recuse himself from those cases, that he did not know Singer had business before the court, and that Singer wasn't even his friend. Alito did, however, directly dispute the reported price of the wine served on the trip. He says he doesn't remember if he was served wine, and if he was, it definitely was not $1,000 a bottle. And he further claims that this private jet flight was not consequential, because it did not actually cost anything, because the seat, quote, would have otherwise been vacant. It's definitely giving Lala Kent in her first season with Randall. Next, he'll be telling Laura Ingram that he didn't do anything to Sheldon Adelson's dick for a Range Rover. Our final story today involves another Supreme Court, though one decidedly less supreme, the Florida Supreme Court. New reporting from the Washington Post details how Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was able to engineer a conservative takeover of the state court with the help of none other than Leonard Leo, clearly a very busy guy. Before taking office in 2019, the Florida court was made up of a 4-3 liberal majority, but DeSantis had the opportunity to appoint three new justices in just the first two weeks of his term, after the existing court's three most liberal justices were forced to retire in accordance with Florida's mandatory retirement age of 70. While the timing of the appointments was completely legit, the three new justices had been quietly vetted by Leonard Leo personally, alongside a panel of elite conservative Federalist Society attorneys, a few weeks before DeSantis's inauguration. According to reporting, the panel grilled potential judicial nominees about whether their principles were aligned with those of the Federalist Society. Think no abortions, no gay marriage, lots of guns, you get the idea. They did this despite the fact that technically, this approach to judicial nominations is not quite kosher in the state of Florida, which had abolished what they call patronage committees used by governors to install their supporters in government roles back in the 1970s and they had instead set up nonpartisan judicial nominating commissions to do exactly what Leonard Leo was trying to do. Anyway, since the three patronage justices have been seated, the court's now six to one conservative majority has supported many of DeSantis's policies, including redistricting a majority black congressional district, opening a legal door to a law that makes it easier to impose the death penalty, and they are set to rule on DeSantis's six and 15 week abortion bans. I wonder if any of these justices would be interested in a luxury fishing trip to the Titanic. There seems to be some demand for that these days. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements brought to you by Betches Media. Until tomorrow, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.